Hello, everyone. GM, GM. Apologies for the slight technical hiccup, but I think we're back online now. Just uh, give it a couple minutes for more people to join. All right, I think we can get started. Um, thank you everyone for tuning in. My name is Aaron, I'm a project manager on the Mochaverse project. Um, with me, uh, Francis as well, who's Crypto Credo as a speaker. And of course, we're very happy to have Yatsu, our co-founder and executive chairman of Animoca Brands. Hey, yeah, good evening. Hello there, uh, happy to be here. Awesome, let's get started. So the purpose of today's AMA is just to share a little bit more about the Mochaverse projects. I know there's been a, a lot of you know, excitement from the community and you know, a lot of good positive feedback. So I think we're taking the time today you know, to share with the community what we can all expect from Mochaverse and as well as how it plays with you know, the Animoca uh, ecosystem. Um, yeah, so maybe we can kick it off. Um, just a note, quick note to the audience. Uh, you can feel free to submit your questions through Twitter. Um, you can submit them on, on our latest um, post, as well as at the end of this AMA, we'll invite people up to the stage to ask questions as well. Great. Yeah, thank you for being here tonight. Um, so maybe we can kick it off with a, a, a simple question. You know, what is the Mochaverse? Well, I mean, I think some of you have already heard some of the stuff about, about it or read some of it already. But really, in summary, the Mochaverse is the beginning of a movement within Animoca to decentralize ourselves as an organization to basically bring, you know, the community that is Animoca that consists of, you know, obviously the members of Animoca that uh, sort of work here, our group companies, our investment portfolios, our community, our customer owners, and, you know, just about everyone else that sort of we touch both directly and indirectly into the space. So obviously we're beginning that in multiple stages. And Mochaverse is that initial stage in which we create a way in which our sort of community has a kind of quasi-ownership uh, over, over the things that Animoca does. And not as a shareholder per se, uh, but basically as a stakeholder, which is you know, a belief that we have put out earlier on as well, uh, sort of um, before. Um, and there is a distinction to be made that obviously the shareholders uh, of Animoca brands are obviously the ones who you know, have the sort of, you know, the financial benefits and, uh, and the standard background and our earliest backers and so on. But, you know, how do we get to a way in which we can have the community that makes Animoca as, as well, e even though they are not necessarily shareholders, have a way in which they sort of have a say uh, and a, a kind of governance and an influence in the ecosystem that we're building as we are building it together. So that's kind of the ethos behind it. Uh, I think, you know, as time goes on, we'll discuss some more of the elements around it, but broadly speaking, that's the ethos. You know, just for everyone who's not sort of too familiar with Animoca, you know, we're a company that has been building this space now uh, for almost five years, which uh, I suppose in the NFT space uh, is quite a long time since it hasn't been around for that long. In our portfolio today, for instance, we have well over 380 companies. Um, some of these companies include companies like, you know, Sky Mavis from Axie Infinity, of Axie Infinity fame, uh, OpenSea, Dapper Labs, you know, Decentraland. Of course, we're also the owners of the Sandbox and Phantom Galaxies. Uh, you're also investors in Yuga Labs and obviously um, helped sort of 
uh, launch, um, you know, uh, ApeCoin, um, you know, investors have seen CoolCats. So a whole series of what we consider uh, some of the marquee names in the sort of um, crypto culture space, uh, which is embodied with NFTs. And so the next step now is us as an organization, how do we basically have a way in which our broader community has some form of influence um, and can be rewarded, but also has a way in which they can help guide the direction of what we do as well. So that's sort of really what the Mochaverse is all about. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's super interesting and uh, really, really great how that ties in with the Adam Mocha brand's ethos, right? With, you know, digital property rights and decentralization at, at the heart of it. Um, yeah. So is it a metaverse? Because, you know, noting the name Mochaverse, metaverse is quite similar. Is that kind of the direction that this project is heading in? Um, so, uh, sorry, I, I I didn't hear <laughs> I didn't hear the question. Sorry, that you just skipped out there. Sorry. Could you say that again? Yeah. Yeah. So, is it is it a metaverse? Are we heading towards this because the names are so similar? Well, no. So, I mean, I think it's not to be looked at. The Mochaverse is not trying to be sort of a sandbox, for instance, in the same sense. You know, if you think about Animoca Brands, um, it has made investments in many of the uh, sort of uh, metaverses that are being built, for instance, and has played a role and a hand in them, whether this is something like the sandbox or whether this is, for instance, the other side or whether this is our involvement in Decentraland or in the early days or, you know, what we're doing in Phantom Galaxies or Life Beyond, right? These are all different type of metaverses that are being built that we're supportive of. Uh, we have said many times that we believe in the future that there's going to be multiple metaverses in the same way that there's multiple countries and multiple cultures. We think that's really, really important. Um, so what the Mochaverse uh, should be viewed as almost like a kind of, let's call it the Animoca universe as opposed to the Animoca metaverse per se as a, as a place, but rather as a, as, a, as, as a way in which, you know, all the people within the space that includes portfolios and community and customers or anyone who else would love to get involved in has a way in which they could sort of uh, get access to what we're doing, understand it better, learn about sort of, you know, our emphasis in crypto culture uh, in areas of NFTs um, and and sort of, you know, uh, create interoperability, interoperability in the space as well, right? So there's a few ways which, you know, we believe interoperability will take place. One of them is going to be obviously through people who compose freely with their assets. But another one will also be where organizations like ourselves will help facilitate these type of interoperability experiences uh, and, and so that's a part of what the Mochaverse is about. So we should look at the Mochaverse really as a kind of sort of uh, engine for growth for these various metaverses that we're helping construct either directly or indirectly, uh, but not necessarily as a metaverse in and of itself, the way that you would think of, say, the other side or Sandbox. Okay. No, thanks for clearing that up. Um, so I think a lot of the community have been super excited, right, because... This is Animoca Brand's first official PFP NFT collection. Um, so what was the kind of, um, yeah, I guess what was the idea behind it and, and why did, did Animoca choose to launch uh, PFP of their own? I mean, I think, again, one of the biggest areas that the PFP movement has actually demonstrated as a key part of crypto culture is membership in a community. And so what's the best way to do that? So Animoca Brands is already itself a uh, sort of a member in many communities that, uh, directly. For instance, we hold probably one of the largest uh, sort of NFT banks in the world when it comes to our ownership of, you know, whether it's Bored Apes or Land and Sandbox or sort of, you know, Cool Cats or 
uh, whichever items um, you know uh, we do, we have a very very large sort of quantum of NFT assets uh, that you know obviously we now have to think of the next step into what's the best way in which you can create decentralized governance within them, right? As an example, and so really the idea behind this also was that to add sort of areas of governance between that as well. If you are, for instance, um, a sort of um, a holder of Mochaverse NFTs, then you know what type of sort of governance rights do you have? amongst the type of communities in which Animoca has an involvement in, for instance, right? Um, so that's kind of a, a part of, of how we thought about sort of the, the, the construction of this one. And the, the hope, of course, is that this basically moves Animoca itself into the, that next step of what we talk about, which is sort of stakeholder capitalism, where people themselves and have a, have a say in, in sort of where things go in a variety of these different projects um, that are out there. And the PFP movement is the embodiment, uh, is sort of really, if you think about it, one of the strongest crypto culture signals, you know, it's uh, of, of membership, right? It's, it, you, know, it, it's, you know, obviously, I guess you could say it really started uh, with crypto punks in a way, but obviously it became sort of embodied, you know, more, more sort of prominently with, with Bored Ape, for instance, and of course, Cool Cats and, you know, all the other amazing projects that are out there that are doing that as a way to signal sort of your community. Uh, and for us with Mochaverse, how do we create a sig uh, sort of a signal that you're part of the community that is Animoca Brands, that em embodies essentially our ownership in a variety of these uh, sort of important NFT projects and have a say in this? Because that's the other thing, right? You know, when we think about, for instance, uh, decentralization. Decentralization isn't just decentralizing, decentralizing, you know, basically one project in and of itself. It's also how basically other areas influence each other, kind of like how you do in global trade. One of the things about Web3 is that everything is interconnected. You know, if you're on the Ethereum blockchain, for instance, or whether you're bridged through another chain, you're invariably affected by one project or the other, right? The success of Bored Apes, for instance, has an indirect sort of effect on multiple other projects you know, perhaps in good or in bad ways, for instance. And these all are things that affect each other. So that means Animoca Brands and sort of the Mochaverse has also an impact onto these projects with it directly and indirectly. How do we find a way in which that sort of uh, can sort of transfer over to a broader community that might not be yet a member in this or is maybe already a member in this and would like to have sort of an additional exposure to other NFT projects through that, uh, you know, or crypto culture projects through that mechanism that is sort of how we were hoping Mochaverse could be, uh, could work. Because we are probably the only company in the world right now that has such a broad exposure in crypto culture from an investment and from an ownership perspective. And so we can probably offer a unique offering in relation to that, and thereby also broadening essentially the onboarding of Web3, uh, which sometimes can be viewed as quite exclusive if it's only going from one membership to another membership. But maybe this is a way in which you can have a kind of cross-owner membership through the Mochaverse. No, yeah, thank, thank you for, for spelling that out yet. I, I think since, you know, we announced the launch of the Mochaverse project a couple of weeks back, the community have been really excited as well about the prospect, right, of, of the current Animoca Brands network and that interoperability that you mentioned and that, you know, have the community have been speculating Hey, what kind of utilities would this PFP give you? Obviously, you know, we are, we are well connected across the space, but maybe you could share a little bit more. Um, yeah, what, what does the utility look like for this project? 
So there's multiple areas of utility that we're already sort of contemplating. To be clear, not all of the utility that we have right now is going to be, happen on day one. But I'll give you a few concrete examples that we're actually thinking about that you know, haven't been finalized, but it, it does matter, right? So, and I give you a sort of an, a live example, for instance, which is, um, and again, take this as a sort of work in progress as opposed to something that is sort of set in stone. But um, you know, when you take a look at, for instance, uh, right now, a project like, um, like ApeCoin, which is fairly prominent, obviously, and you know, we had a hand in help, helping launch it. Uh, we obviously, as a result of that, have been sitting on a fair amount of governance tokens in this example. But, you know, we have never voted any of our company reserves uh, in these governance tokens for good reason, right? Partially um, because of the fact that, you know, this is obviously one that we want to make sure that is, has more of the ethos of community owned. And the other one, of course, is that we have to be mindful, obviously, in terms of the early stages that we sort of, you know, basically respect and, and share the ethos of everything that is to help grow it in as much a decentralized way as possible. So if you are a Mochaverse NFT holder, one of the potential uh, possibilities that might arise is that you could then basically have a, it becomes a delegated stakeholding, right? And because it's, you know, we plan to basically distribute uh, Mochaverse NFTs in a manner where Animoca Brands itself will never have a majority. Uh, and in fact, most of it uh, so is, is going to be distributed pretty much from the get-go, whether it's to community owners, whether it's through a mint, uh, whether it's through, um, you know, basically uh, our shareholders, um, you know, basically which, which comprise some of our investors, uh, as well as basically uh, companies who are, you know, companies we invested in, right, which is a very broad basis, right? And we feel that that is a basis of people who understand the world of NFTs fairly well because they are, you know, one of those earliest communities that, that we helped seed. So that means that they understand areas of governance. They may understand DAOs perhaps uh, reasonably well, so what if we, for instance, provided a part of sort of our governance tokens in various projects, which may include uh, ApeCoin, but also other projects, and have them basically, as a community, have a certain percentage decide basically where things might go from a voting perspective, if that's what they would do. And where Animoca Brands basically hands over essentially the voting elements and controls over these, uh, these tokens uh, over to the community directly, further decentralizing, becoming basically a kind of delegate, but without Animoca itself basically deciding it, uh, but rather basically giving it to its community that had a hand in helping sort of build Animoca to where it is today. So that's kind of one of those sort of ideas, which it, itself uh, has, a few, has, has a few effects. The first one is that it would allow people to learn more about sort of actually what governance and DAOs really means, because that's still a fairly new thing. Most people don't fully appreciate and understand essentially um, how that works. So that's you know, a big quest for us because in order to have decentralization really truly work, we need to basically do a lot of work in educating how DAOs work and, and why it's important that we sort of you know, continue that effort. And we're still early in this development. So that's, that's one, one effect. Uh, the other one of course is that for a number of these projects, it can be considered fairly expensive uh, to sort of enter these markets. And there is something to be said about needing to be invested in them. Um, but if you have not a sort of outsized position, but you have some reasonable influence, it's a way in which you can start to sort of baby step your way into basically public governance and, and have, have a say into things. And hopefully then it can help evolve other, other projects and other DAOs um, and obviously engage the community more deeply as well into this area, right? So that's kind of an example. The other one, of course, is, you know, uh, the, the more sort of obvious membership examples that you get. For instance, you know, we, we run events um, all over the world. 
most recently we had one in London uh, and and the, these are events that are typically fairly sort of um, fairly busy. Uh, we're not really able to sort of accommodate everyone. So again, this isn't a way in which we can allow people to sort of participate in the events, meet all the other people from Animoca or its portfolio, uh, potentially also get you know access to our investment team for opportunities, for instance, discuss with our project teams directly, uh, maybe even have sort of you know kind of open office environment, um, sort of you know, all these type of benefits that you know we basically provide uh, to portfolio companies. We can then also look at extending in part basically to people who hold these NFTs has become part of the community. So, so these are sort of things that we're developing as part of the, the, the various types of utilities that we can expand. Uh, and ultimately, you should also expect that our portfolios itself um, will, will very likely also provi provide different types of utilities for Mochaverse NFT holders as a result of the network effect that's already being constructed around it uh, because it benefits all parties. Thanks, yeah. And uh, yeah, I know the team here have been working hard to put together those utilities and uh, through the different realms as well. So we have do good, learn together, play together, and build together, right? So under those four kind of uh, key themes, uh, we'll be announcing more utilities soon, um, you know, within those realms as well. Um, yeah, I think I also wanted to um, talk about the tribes, right? So um, I know that we announced the Mocha characters, um, which the artist I personally think is really cool, and they are really cute. Um, I'm looking forward to use one as my PFP. Um, so yeah, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about the five characters and the five tribes. So we have dreamers, angels, builders, neocaps, and connectors. So so what are the differences with those tribes? Right. So I think you know when we think of the starting point of of sort of how Animoca was built. Uh, some of the principles behind it. Uh, I think we started with these uh, sort of ideas of breaking down some of the thought processes of, of sort of the definition of, you know, Animoca brands um, and started with these characters, which may again evolve over time, right? But obviously you need all of these elements of these characters uh, in order to sort of, you know, build a new future or a better future as it will. Uh, and I think things like dreamers and angels and builders and even connectors are probably fairly straightforward, Right. You need people who have dreamers and imagination, or whether it's the artists, or whether it's the visionaries, or whether it's the futurists out there. Uh, you obviously need builders who are actually doing the work. Many of the companies you invest in are, you know, those type of uh, type of builders. You know, you you can be a dreamer, but if you're not a builder, <laughs> you can you can have all sorts of wonderful dreams. But if you have no action, you know, things don't happen, right? You know, uh, connectors are obviously the people who bridge everyone together. You know, who create and sort of enhance the network effects that are being built around us. You know, um, angels are the people who help, uh, and sometimes it could be also be interpreted as a kind of angel investor. Right? But I think the term that's perhaps um, you know, uh, most interesting out of, um, perhaps most interesting out of all of, um, all of them is perhaps uh, sort of uh, neo-capitalism, right? And neo-capitalism is a, is a funny term because it's not really broadly used. Uh, and it's basically this idea that, you know, we as an organization do believe that capitalism is a force of good, but has, you know, recently been sort of, uh, as of late for the, for the perhaps the last couple of decades, really sort of been abused in a way where capitalism has been viewed by a lot of people in a negative way because it hasn't helped them uh, in the way that it has past generations because it hasn't provided them with, 
you know, the kind of income that they thought they would get, or for instance, the kind of equity that they would have because of the monopolistic nature in which unchecked capitalism can develop into, right? Uh, and neocapitalism was really an early sort of economic thought that came uh, actually pre-World War II, uh, when this idea that it was a kind of capitalism that also incorporated a measure of uh, social well-being, but that really respected basically economic freedom, uh, absolutely respecting private property rights, right? Um, but uh, with a kind of moderated sort of uh, economic planning, right? And I think, you know, one of the things that we see today is that we see these extremes, right, where people are saying, well, you know, especially if you look at, for instance, America, which typically sort of railed against socialism, was never really a place where you could even utter the word. And if you look at, for instance, what happened just in the last five to 10 years, socialism is now actually a political movement, which can be sort of seen with the rise of someone like Bernie Sanders, which would have been almost impossible to imagine back in the day. Um, but we see them, you know, typically, unfortunately, somewhat amplified by social media in these extremes. You know, capitalism either is either good or bad. Socialism either is good or bad, but there's nothing really in between. And neo-capitalism sort of represents this sort of way in which you can still respect all of the main principles and tenets of capitalism, but introduce with it basically a kind of better sort of fairness and a better sort of, you know, um, sort of equitable framework where it still uh, sort of respects basically private well-being, not exactly like social democracies, but sort of at least respects some of, of some of that, which, which then obviously, uh, you know, uh, would, would result in things like lower inflation, um, sort of uh, better work conditions, uh, public services, which of course in the metaverse has different meaning, uh, and other things like this, right? And so this, this is something that sort of got lost a little bit, and I think in this age um, actually could be a reintroduction as we are hoping and thinking that we can reinvent capitalism into the sort of positive force that it previously was, right? And I think this is, uh, this is sort of uh, perhaps the most, most interesting term out of them and perhaps non-obvious one uh, in, in comparison to all of the other characters. Yeah, thank you so much for providing that insight into um, the neo-capitalist tribe. Uh, I'm, like, I think everyone in the project team is looking forward to you know, seeing our community members um, letting us know, like, which tribe they, they feel it represents them. Uh, and, you know, everyone in the, who's been working on the project uh, has, you know, found their, their, their own tribe as well. So look forward to, you know, seeing what everyone thinks about all the different tribes. Um, yeah, so maybe we can jump on to the next question. Um, so we know that um, there's, like Animoca brands focus very heavily on the, the community uh, and especially for Mochaverse. So what role do you hope the Mochaverse community could play collectively? Are there any plans to onboard other members in the future and what kind of members uh, you reckon will be uh, added the most value to the community? Well, so I think, you know, maybe just to address the last one, I don't know that there's such a thing as to say that, you know, what is the most value to the community per se? We think that every member adds value to the community, both in direct and indirect ways, right? Um, but of course, you know, we hope that everyone sort of feels passionate about sort of growing basically the space because really, if you think about the kind of uh, power that we'd like to introduce into the Mochaverse, it speaks somewhat to the power of Animoca's portfolio, right? Which is that, you know, you have a way in which you could perhaps influence or have at least a voice into sort of Animoca's sort of 
approach, whether this is in terms of sort of how it invests, what it invests in, or the investments it has made, what type of sort of impact basically Mokovers holders could have in that, that's actually sort of, you know, the elements of that. And so what, what role would the Mokovers community play in this one? Well, it would actually have quite an interesting role to play here because it would be one of uh, sort of, you know, providing their inputs, guiding it, basically thinking about sort of, you know, one of the things that we've spoken very often about sort of what we're hopeful about DAOs is that we think DAOs actually have a way in which we can really iterate on dem democratic principles. But it's hard to do that uh, if you don't get to flex the democratic muscle, as it were. And now actually with, uh, with something like Mochaverse, uh, we can actually have multiple ways in which members could basically sort of start sort of, um, sort of using their democratic framework of a very distributed holding of NFTs, uh, which would then have a way in which they could perhaps vote on certain things within Animoca or perhaps even within group companies of Animoca that may make sense uh, when, 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 when the time happens or at least have a voice in them, for instance, right? And so, you know, who are the members that would obviously uh, most benefit and most contribute to this are the ones who have a biggest interest in those areas, right? So, you know, one of the reasons why the majority, and I don't think that we've released the details, but they'll come soon, but the majority of the NFTs will initially go to sort of contributors of the ecosystem. Uh, and these contributors of the ecosystem uh, include not just people who are sort of companies we invested in or our shareholders of which, you know, there are thousands of them at this point. So obviously it's, that's already fairly distributed, but also, you know, to people who have, you know, played our various blockchain games or have sort of, you know, um, utilized our tokens in one way or the other and, and so on. So it basically tries to extend to the community at large um, and obviously we'll expand from there. But initially we start with a smaller number and then we'll grow from there as we try to sort of help curate that community. Uh, and, and sort of you could say that this would be sort of the, you know, I guess, uh, <laughs> I guess the, the sort of Genesis origin edition uh, that is coming out. And, you know, the type of members that would want this are the ones who, you know, would want to have a way in which they have a say in this ecosystem or at least, at least uh, sort of work with, uh, uh, you know, work with the community to sort of guide some of the directions of them and have a way in which, you know, they're not necessarily priced out in some of those governance because Mochaverse might find a way in which your voice can still be heard, but through a collective, right? So I think this is this is the hope here. And so, so you know, what we would want members to do is is to become very sort of active and engaged with this one because the platform of what Mochaverse can offer is a platform to multiple sort of let's call it metaverses and multiple environments in which in which there can be sort of community guidance, right? And so, so if you enjoy doing that, then you know this is absolutely for you. Some of them may be more passive, but still want to support it. Um, you know, there's also, you know, um, then obviously that's another way to do that. Um, but, you know, ultimately we, we, we hope to onboard basically as many people as we can in due course, but we have to obviously sort of manage this process as we sort of decentralize Animoca, we have to sort of decentralize basically uh, sort of the approach in a, I guess, measured and careful way. Right. So um, I think everyone heard some of the, the key points uh, about kind of the eligibility criteria um, from your answer just now. Uh, so I think that's definitely one of the most asked questions uh, that every community member is very concerned about. Um, so is there any way that, you know, they can get in or, you know, what exactly is the special eligibility criteria? What is it about? And who does this include? Well, I mean, I think the way that this, uh, and I think the mechanisms on this one, the team is putting together, which, <laughs> which, which, I, you know, um, I'm actually 
not involved in every single detail in this one, but the the mechanism is in, you know, depending on how involved and engaged you are sort of uh, with Animoca in the past, as well as sort of going forward, you receive essentially these um, entry tickets, right? And so these entry tickets basically become a kind of sort of way in which you can then have a randomized selection process uh, depending on, on how many you have. So if you've been sort of engaged with the animal ecosystem for years and years, you'll have more entry tickets, which means that you obviously have a higher chance of receiving them. However, the more important thing, of course, is that the distribution is still intended to be fairly, fairly wide, meaning that just because you happen to have, for instance, uh, you know, let's say, you know, let's call it hypothetically, you know, if you happen to have millions of entry tickets, that doesn't mean that you have a chance of getting, you know, let's call it... Um, you know, thousands of, of, of mint possibilities. That's not what's going to happen. Uh, you'll still only get sort of a chance for your one or two mints, for instance, that then gets distributed over a wide uh, sort of range of people. So our interest here is to sort of distribute to a, a wide audience rather than basically have sort of, you know, a small percentage of people dominate basically the majority of this, right? And that basically is why the selection process is uh, both a sort of is, is extended uh, and distributed intentionally between multiple type of stakeholders within the Animoca ecosystem so that this is not something that can be sort of easily gamed as it were because that's one of the challenges obviously that uh, sort of you know previous NFT mints have had uh, even if they try to randomize it you can still sort of open sort of thousands of different wallets and and you've gone through various experiences where where this has has been abused by one form or the other because you know they can uh, and and so this is one way in which, you know, using prior history, for instance, and previous engagement as a way of, of doing this. And the other thing, of course, is that means that many of these original holders, let's call it like, a, like, a, like for instance, someone that we invested in that we know is someone who understands the ecosystem. They would basically obviously receive NFTs uh, in which they themselves, for instance, can then also distribute to various members of their communities. Again, not in large numbers, but a way in which, you know, meaning that, if you were someone who wanted to get this NFT, uh, you may not necessarily get them directly from an Animoca Mint um, because there might not be enough of them, but you could get them because you were involved in one of you know, Animoca's portfolio companies or one of Animoca's uh, you know, um, projects where they themselves receive essentially a certain amount of NFTs that they are free to distribute in whichever way they wish to, right? So, so in short, it's sort of decentralizing the distribution vectors of the way that these NFTs are handed over to uh, to the community to ensure as wide a uh, sort of uh, decentralizing uh, and redistribution process as possible. Uh, you know, some of this obviously is is new and hasn't been done before. We're probably one of the very few companies that could do this because of our wide distribution of investments. But it is also, you could say, a grand experiment in decentralization. Uh, and obviously, you know, we look forward, or perhaps are a little frightened as well <laughs> as to as to where this might might uh, might might all go right so i definitely think um that got everyone very pretty pumped up for <laughs> um you know the coming special eligibility announcement uh that's going to be coming shortly so yeah so um in this case maybe we can go into some live questions um if sure yeah so um, Absolutely. Yeah. So before the session, we've actually collected some questions from our community under our uh, Twitter thread. So there's one question where uh, it's asked by uh, Eno888PH. Um, sorry if I butchered your Twitter uh, handle, 
So the question asks, uh, hi, Yats. Um, my question is, how does the Mochaverse NFT project measure the success of the Accelerator program and the impact it has on participating startups and projects? So I'm guessing this is so referring to the, the build realm. Yeah. Yeah, so probably, yeah, on the builder program, but for instance, specifically, you know, we do have um, the ZK Launcher program, which is basically an accelerator that originally had the unfortunate name of being called Launchpad Luna, no association with Luna in itself. <laughs> so we had to rebrand it. Um, but that, that, uh, that uh, accelerator itself incubated, you know, some 60, 60 some companies, including the sandbox ones, right? And so these are companies that obviously um, would continue to sort of accelerate and grow in there. Um, so a few ways in which you can imagine that uh, NFT holders could, could get benefits. The first, uh, and sort of uh, participate, right? The first one obviously is, you know, obviously seeing some of those portfolio companies early on, right? Basically, as we vet these companies and as we go through them, there, could, there would be opportunities in which, the, you know, Mochaverse holders could interface with, um, with these portfolio companies right from the get-go. No different than, say, a mentor. Uh, and this basically is opportunities to learn, uh, maybe p potential opportunities to, to participate in them or support them, um, you know, basically get in front of the door with, uh, with some promising startups that we have uh, sort of uh, facilitated. All of these companies need to hire people. All of these companies also need to look for investment. All of these companies also need different kinds of support. If that's of interest to you, I think Mochaverse holders um, you know, um, could, could, uh, could, could benefit from that. Um, the other thing, of course, is, is that going forward, Mochaverse uh, NFT holders themselves will also then cover governance, right? Um, now, what that means is, is that on the series of, of, of governance uh, sort of tokens that we hold, um, there are basically things like voting rights that go into them as well, which include, for instance, accelerator funding, which means that uh, through a delegate approach, uh, there, there would also be a way in which people can sort of have a say in you know, supporting their favorite projects, for instance, which you know, as an individual holder becomes very, very difficult unless you happen to be very wealthy. But if you basically are a Mochaverse NFT holder, you have a way in which you can sort of, you know, through a delicate approach, basically sort of collectively decide on a good outcome because, you know, through this decentralized process of ownership, many of them can then basically agree on, you know, I think this is the right project that maybe this foundation should be supporting and we'll cast our vote this way. You know, whether that succeeds or not, obviously is entirely dependent on, is entirely dependent on, sort of, you know, the entire community coming together. But in and of itself, it provides a pathway in which you could do that, um, which, which, you know, um, previously perhaps wasn't, wasn't available to them, right? Um, but I think the other thing, of course, is, is that access to these companies and how, you know, what they're building is perhaps also of great value for, for Mochaverse holders because they can learn from this and they can be inspired by this as well. Um, and uh, and and sort of um, sort of you know build from there. I hope that answers the question. wasn't wasn't really sure if that was the essence of the question asked. No, I think that that was a good, great answer. Um, so now we have uh, Ziana uh, on stage. Uh, do you want to please ask your your questions? Uh, feel free to ask anything about a project. Hi. Yes. Um, I think I got kicked a little bit earlier. I'm not sure Twitter likes to rug. Um, so. Oh, and hopefully I'm not asking something that was previously mentioned, but um, it definitely sounds like Mochaverse is, is you know, catering to a lot of um, the, the already well-established community. But for those who are just wanting to get um, into the ecosystem and just be a part of what NMOCA is building, is, 
is there a, is there a possibility for that to happen for some of those? Um, if not, you know, or is there, you know, how would we be able to actually get a, a chance to be a part of Mochaverse and um, what Animoca is building for this project? Right. No, that no, that's a great pro- a great great question. So first of all, you know, we do want to make this as um, inclusive as possible. But by nature of the fact that we're going to do this in stages, it might mean that, for instance, you might not necessarily uh, be able to get uh, sort of the sort of uh, an initial membership on day one. But we plan to sort of expand that as we sort of look at the spaces, which you've, you can see other NFT projects have done that as well and how they've expanded their audience sort of over time. Right. Um, so obviously this is part of the curation process. However, there is going to be a significant number of these NFTs available for broad community sort of adoption which can come in a series of ways, right? One of them could be participation in our game economies, which doesn't necessarily mean that you have to pay for anything. If you're an active member in the space, if you help promote it, if you support it or something like that, you can still sort of, uh, sort of, um, uh, sort of um, uh, receive, for instance, you know, entry tickets. The other one, of course, is as being active community members in advance for the project, you know, we've already seen some pretty cool fan art and sort of you know, designs and sketches and so on. Uh, these are other ways in which we could sort of look at from a, from a bucket that will soon, you know, will, the more details of it will be announced, but we think of them as essentially influencers and, and, and sort of brand agents and marketers um, of, of what we're building at Animoca. Right? These are other ways in which you could sort of uh, receive that. So again, it's not necessarily one in which you have to pay for anything. It's one where you sort of show your effort. Uh, and if you don't manage to sort of get it the first time, you might be able to get it the second time. A, you know, while the numbers haven't been sort of shown here, one of the things that we will be doing is that a number of the, the, these um, initial NFTs uh, will be basically uh, minted also to a DAO in which community holders who receive the first set of NFTs have the ability to gift, grant, or sell or whatever to, the, uh, to, to new participants and members in the space. And again, this is all part of it, right? which is that Let's say, for instance, if you were not able to um, sort of get an initial NFT on day one, uh, you don't have to worry too much about this uh, in the sense that if you show that you've been a strong active community member and maybe you haven't yet established this, right? For instance, because you haven't been involved in the animal ecosystem years before, but you're now involved uh, at this point, then the DAO itself can still give you an NFT because the, the community would say, you've been awesome, you've created great artwork, you've promoted it or whatever it is that you've been able to do. Uh, and you could uh, literally be gifted uh, sort of an honorary NFT membership. Uh, the other thing, of course, is that you can do this also by supporting just a singular project because they themselves will also be receiving these NFTs, right? So, you know, all of our portfolio companies are entitled to receive some uh, number of these NFTs, which means that if you're already supporting one or two of these projects, um, you know, one of the gifts uh, could be uh, the Animoca, uh, sort of Mochaverse NFT, uh, as as a you know because you supported them so well right so there's multiple ways to get it um, and not all are decided by us effectively. Awesome, thank you so much for answering my question. I'll uh, step down to listening. Thank you. Yeah, so as yet has mentioned, uh, we've been you know reaching out to our portfolio projects uh, who are you know eligible for for the initial launch of the NFT. Uh, and we've actually been receiving a lot of uh, responses from project founders on collaborating with utilities, uh, trying to create something new for our community. Um, so yeah, 
Next up, um, shall we bring in Azus? Um, yo, good day, y'all. So I got two questions for y'all. So uh, my first question is, with Mokovans, what, what are you guys running from and what are you guys running towards? Um, so thanks for the question. I'm not sure what, uh, maybe I'll try to answer this in the context of, you say, what, what are we running from or what are we running towards? Well, we're definitely running towards decentralization and uh, digital property rights, right? So this is where we want to go and everything we're doing is built towards that. Uh, and so when you think of, you know, um, uh, sort of, uh, if you think about actually how property rights really, really works, right, in the physical world, it actually works really well when you have, uh, when it's decentralized, for instance, and when it's private property that is respected and that is governed in a manner that can't be controlled by a single entity. Because anytime something is controlled by any single entity, it doesn't matter whether this is physical or digital, for instance, you know, uh, call it, you know, whether it's a dictatorship, a tyranny, a kingdom, whatever term you want to give, they may say that they respect your private property rights. Uh, they may say that they give you certain kind of rights, but at the end of the day, it is theirs to take from you, right? So how do you ensure that you don't have a way in which that can be taken from you arbitrarily? That's typically what a democratic framework is helpful in, which basically in, is, requires a need of a reasonable amount of decentralization, right? Because if it's not decentralized, if it's centralized, then they can always take it away from you. So, so that's really where we're headed towards, right? Uh, so maybe then to sort of... Uh, take your sort of question in terms of what are we running away from? Well, we're running away from digital platforms that are centralized, right? We think of the world as one where we are currently digitally colonized. If you look at, for instance, what, you know, your existence on Facebook and Instagram or TikTok or all these places, which are obviously very powerful and influential, they are actually the ones who dictate it. They decide what we can see. They decide, you know, what we're allowed to consume, if you think about it. More importantly, they can remove us at any given time. If you go launch an app on the App Store, it's actually not, uh, not for you to decide whether it can exist on that App Store. I mean, if Epic, probably one of the biggest game companies in the world, cannot launch the app on the App Store or on Google Play, it does say something about the state of the world that we live in. So that's certainly what we don't want. Um, and so when we think about, when, when you'll see the way that we aim to distribute the initial batch of NFTs with Mokabers, you can see that it comes with a very clear perspective of you know, decentralizing um, sort of that control and ownership right from the get-go, uh, which is very much in keeping of the spirit of what we believe uh, sort of Web3 is all about. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, sure you do. So I'm going to hit you quick with my second question. So uh, sure. there's this, uh, there's this uh, type of people, I always see them as a minority. So like there's some people like me and uh, one dude, like two dudes I know, like they found Joel like, back when your uh, Mokovus was still locked, like I'll call them the, the gem hunters or the alpha hunters. Uh, is there any way y'all like uh, will try to hook those dudes up? Because I think they deserve this. They're the nerds. They find this early before anyone even like had to think of it. So yeah, I just wanted to ask, is there any way your plans, are you guys planning to help those people out or just give it to them? Because yo, they deserve it. They found you early. So, um, so if I understood the question is around sort of some of the early builders in the space, I think everyone who, uh, I think the initial group of people in which um, yeah, so we, we are sort of giving the, the and, and working with them to get the NFTs on, obviously are the ones that Animoca knows, right? So obviously, that's obviously one element. But then there's a the next level of people who are maybe involved in the ecosystem 
and we should build and support it. Again, this is where the DAO comes in because they hold these NFTs. And even, remember, Animoca itself is aiming to decentralize itself, but it itself doesn't have a window of everything in the world, right? Like we would love to be able to know everything and support everything, but we can't, right? We're still an organization that has limited resources in terms of capacity and manpower. So decentralization solves that, right? By basically giving NFTs to, you know, a portfolio of over 380 companies for them to basically pass on to others. They may know those people that you're talking about. They may know who are, who are the real champions of the space that, you know, may not be known to us, for instance. And what they then become is our agents to say, hey, this is a really valuable member. Um, Animoka may not have heard of you, but you're valuable. So here's this NFT, whether I sort of give it to you or you earn it or maybe sell it, whatever that approach would be. And that means that the moment they do this, they become known to us as Animoka. And we now know who you are because you hold this NFT and you have membership in the service and your voice will, will then be heard by us, right? So that's sort of, you know, um, one, one part of, of that experiment. Uh, to see sort of how far we can take this. Because again, this hasn't really been done before. The other thing is when you talk about minority, remember when we talk about sort of the spirit of a true democracy, the whole point about a democracy is that minority voices can be heard, right? So, so it's not actually what some people think of that is a democracy, actually a, a sort of, you know, a tyranny of the majority. Actually, a, a true democracy actually has the voices of the minority heard that they can be heard and respected such there is a way in which there is minority protection because it is in fact the minority that needs the protection. It is not the majority that needs this. That is actually one of the foundations of, of, of many of, of the most uh, progressive democracies out there as they think about sort of, you know, how do we ensure that the voices are heard, that we have, you know, free speech, that we have the sort of all the opinions we can speak of. The world is running a little bit in danger of that as people forget basically that actually a democracy was designed to protect the minority interest as opposed to just basically follow only what the majority wants because the majority in itself um, doesn't reflect everyone, right? It reflects most of the people, but doesn't reflect everything. And we can see this in all sorts of divisions in society. That's why we have to respect them. And that's why we have to listen to them so that we can have a dialogue and a discourse that is, you know, um, um, that is something that... Uh, that uh, to ensure that we can have, you know, proper discussions on these matters that can then sort of uh, progress society forward. Oh, oh uh, that was a deep dive. Yo, thanks for answering my question. But I, I want to tell you, I don't think anybody knows this people because our niche is still nice. And when you come to the gaming shit, like we few or we just few who find this shit early and actually tell our audiences about this. And nobody knows us. Not gonna lie, no one knows it. So yeah, but it's cool. I'm gonna keep tab on y'all, and I'm gonna keep reaching out. Yeah, thank you so much for your question. All right, thank you. Yeah. Um. So if you want to know more about the eligibility criteria, you know, remember to subscribe to our Twitter, um, but also to follow our, you know, co-creation uh, partners. So like partners that we're announcing, um, you know, on a regular basis. So. Yeah, if you support them, you'll be able to find more ways um, to see how you can shine within the community. Right, so um, next up, maybe G is us. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Hi, thanks. Uh, very nice to uh, have the pleasure of speaking with you. Yeah, and uh, have to say a special thanks. Um, I had... Uh, 
I've been in the space for quite some time and an early, long time, active, very active investor in the sandbox. And uh, thank you for uh, what had all of that and what it means to me and my family. Uh, my daughter's uh, one of the beloved so-called Sam Fam members, and um, we are. Um, uh, extremely inspired by all of this. I come from motion pictures and uh, uh, leaving my beloved career of uh, since 1997, whatever many years that is, and looking forward to the decentralized. I was inspired by the DAO and the roadmap the Sandbox offered, etc. And Seb's uh, been an outstanding, peerless leader in the space and yourself as well. That My specific thanks to you is uh, along the way, as many of us, including yours, your family, have uh, had our losses. One of them was I lost my land, my sandbox land included, uh, and a gutter asset, gutter dogs, of my beloved dog, my PFP. Mm. So, um, mm. You uh, posted a very thorough investigative look at how things could unfold uh, long term in your thread about how your son's assets were fished or uh, yep. lost. And, and uh, that inspired me to stay in the space. And I got in touch with Carlos from uh, Law Legal Line and Rug Radio and uh, have been an active member daily almost and very much inspired by what this space offers and what you're talking about here. Unfortunately, and I'm not trying to FUD this space and feel free to uh, say, let's just take this offline in a sidebar personally because I don't want to FUD it. But what I've experienced, including and with all due respect, including from uh, animal companies, um, let's just say the sandbox, is a growing in the space, and let's not speak to the sandbox because it's in the space and it's in human nature, let's call it that. And let's not um, speak specifically about any brands, but I've experienced the nepotism that I so sorely, uh, I'm, I'm repulsed by in my motion picture industry. It's absolutely rife. Uh, it was why the Lead Me Too movement had to happen is because people just shut up and keep towing the line. And so I very much am concerned seeing all of these go-to hands that are already uh, demonstrating and evidencing uh, nepotism that I've had to speak directly to Sebastian about. Um, Sebastian's the voice that's kept me in the game in spite of what I'm mm. still continuing to observe. I've put a comment uh, on the public blast here on the Twitter uh, threads. I'm sorry for that. Very, I had to speak up. I want to know what you're offering because I'll tell you this. I came into the space, got land, uh, and what we wanted to build, we were locked out of the halls. My son is the master of a, a youth Freemasonic organization that requires access to a hall. What they teach the children is what you speak of parliamentary procedure, which is the, fr the framework, so-called Roberts Rules, et cetera, for, for democracy, for democratic process. It, mm -hmm. it ensures all the voices are heard, et cetera. So I've been offering that since day one. I'm the original so-called SanFam member. There was a group of about three or four of us that started that whole thing. And uh, I've been, um, we started a process and one time uh, it put a, a bit of a, we offered a voice to something that became contentious in the community. And we offered our hall services because we offered, uh, we were striving for parliamentary procedure. And we said, let's all get in here and not take this on public socials and put it on blast. Let's have this uh, on here. Uh, Seb said, maybe we should have a trial or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so um, we started this process and 
I'll tell you, the community was completely repulsed for it. I got put on blast. My company got put on blast. I had, you know, Seb took it offline with me and said, let's not do this. So this is very important stuff, right? None of us should suffer from this. And I'm still here in the game, but we've, you know, we are the pariahs of that community now for expressing things that are very important. And I'm trying to offer a mature voice to people who um, may have disdain for that, right? It's like, you know, chill, daddy. We just want to have fun. We're just vibing here. And it's like, yes, but people's lives are at stake and what you're doing by um advantaging your friends is not cool with people who are bringing investors in you know and you try to speak to that and you get more repulsed by that community and so i wonder um when you're handing out these things to people who are um in these companies which are not are not known to you right like and this is the process i understand what you're doing and it is a uh you know, the inspiration is is terrific and I, your explanation of it in the previous comment was um very concise and you know uh well understood by me so i just wonder how you um will approach this moving forward uh the idea that our project by the way is called united grand halls and we offer interoperability we we wanted to be the halls the united nations of the metaverse right um very very much speaking to what you're speaking of here but what we don't want to do is hand out passes to other friends in councils and stuff which is what i see mostly emerging in the space in web3 mm, new councils mm, emerging mm. and that mm-hmm. doesn't that's not for the people by the people that's handing out passes to friends who then have governance and that is repulsing me and i wonder what you can offer me as a, a mature person who's just looking for a good place to be me and do me and what i can bring to this world uh, without studio execs and uh, gatekeepers right sure no, absolutely. Now, first of all, fully, uh, completely appreciate your, your question. I think it's a, it's a good one to have a conversation around. Uh, first of all, let me preface this by saying that we are experimenting in this space. So, you know, when, when, you know, and while I wasn't aware of the conversation you had with Seb, I think the fact that Seb was, you know, willing to sort of embrace it and have this conversation speaks to at least the spirit of experimenting. But obviously, when a community has issues, you know, whatever good or bad that may be, then there's also the voices that need to be heard here in this case. But here's the thing where the Mochaverse, and I understand what you're saying, uh, can or at least will try to be different in the sense that it is not about a single metaverse in this case, right? It is about what Animoca is touching, which is, you know, you know, in the future will probably be thousands of companies uh, sort, of, uh, sort of certainly directly and then many more indirectly. But at this moment in time, you know, over 380 plus companies within that group, plus the subsidiary groups to sell, which include the sandbox. So for instance, in your particular case, if you were looking to sort of advance a, uh, a concept, uh, you could, for instance, advance it through the Mochaverse. And that's not to say that, you know, the delegates in Mochaverse would appreciate it either. Who knows, right? But at least there's another voice, another platform that can be heard in a way that has some influence because of the fact that it becomes a sort of, you know, semi-proxy for some of the stuff that Animoca is involved in. Like when I spoke about sort of, for instance, governance tokens, uh, you know, NFT holders will then have the ability to use governance tokens of a, a variety of our projects, you know, through a delicate approach to vote alongside them. How do we ensure, for instance, that this is distributed? Well, we ensure that because we try to sort of distribute, which you will see, you know, the holdings of them in a very, very wide manner. You know, while it's certainly true that of the 380 plus companies, maybe a small number of them um, might sort of know each other well and might potentially collaborate. But is it likely that 380 companies are going to do so? Not very likely, for instance, right? At least we think, right? Uh, So as long as we distribute it evenly and fairly across that group, then we know at least that bucket should be reasonably decentralized, right? 
which means, therefore, in the hope and spirit of this, is that if it is decentralized enough, then you know, common reason, as in the best outcome for the most people, will very likely be the one that will succeed as the one that just basically looks to collude, which is the point that you're making, which is where nepotism comes in, when people say, well, you know, since we own the majority of this, if I just talk to three or four other parties, then I can control everything and we can sort of create this facade and influence the space. That's obviously what we want to, what we want to, um, to, want to avoid. You know, one thing that most people don't know about Animoca Brands is that even though we are a um, non-listed company, we are public. So we have 2,700 shareholders, and they also will be entitled to this. These shareholders don't know who, the, who they are. Some do, but most don't. And, you know, the size of their shareholding doesn't necessarily make a dent because unlike what most people think, and that includes myself, none of us own majority in Animoca brands. This is, uh, this is a feature that hasn't been much spoken about because obviously we don't discuss, you know, it's, it's publicly available, but we don't discuss it, you know, generally uh, sort of in the open, uh, which means even for myself, for instance, um, I don't have a situation where I have sort of, you know, ultimate control of Animoca brands in and of itself. I do need to seek the consent of, you know, our stakeholders and our shareholders on, on key decisions. Um, and, and that also means that, uh, that uh, we have a distributed base as well, which, you know, these NFT holders will begin from as a base as well, meaning that we already start with thousands and thousands of individual people who have basically sort of, let's say, a kind of governance in those areas, which, uh, which you know, I would say most NFT projects don't have because they only start from one root. Uh, they start from the root of an audience that is sold in a mint. And one of the struggles with the mint, as you as you well know, is that you know it's not just you know who has the most money. Sometimes it's also who has the best bots, right? Who has the best technology? Who can go faster because of the fact that they can sort of program program this in a way that uh, that others can't. And so here we have a process where through the portfolio companies, through our shareholders, through the people who have played with Animoca games and experiences, such as yourself with Sandbox previously now have an entitlement to some of these tickets in which they can earn it. You know, you can, you can certainly game a system where someone can enter literally just, uh, you know, one week before or even a few months before. But you can't really game a system that easily where you have to show what you've done for a couple of years, for instance, right? And in the past, this was done basically through these secret airdrops um, and say, hey, you know, you know, you've been using, you know, Uniswap for, for last year, so here's a drop for you. Sure, that's one way to do it, right? Um, but that's more like a gifting system at this point, I would say. Here we can measure multiple activities because we have such a broad, uh, broad um, exposure to the ecosystem where we can measure and balance it between the mixture of people who have been with the ecosystem for a while, such as yourself, but also for people who have just joined us recently and wish to participate, but as a ratio that is uh, obviously more fairly distributed. So that's obviously the experiment. I think you will see uh, through the distribution numbers we offer uh, in terms of the way... Um, sort of more sort of a fair distribution. That's not to say that people can't buy it later on. But here's the other thing. If you distribute these NFTs to, to a, such a wide audience that already knows the ecosystem well, we're making also the assumption that the majority of them are not going to be just flippers, right? Because obviously in the past, NFT projects, because they could make money, would attract, you know, a high number of speculators, which is what we're trying to avoid here. You know, again, I would say that we, we haven't sort of sort of uh, cracked it, <laughs> cracked the formula. This is one of those attempts based on all the previous learnings that we can, we are trying to sort of create this approach where it's more distributed and fair. But I totally understand, appreciate your comment. 
Hey, I have a question. How how you doing? Uh, what's going on yet? I appreciate you being here. Can y'all hear me? Sure, I can hear you. All right, thanks, man. All right, so I've been I've been um building in, in the metaverse for a while and just kind of building across platforms, but following um Animoca brands and and the different companies that they're affiliated with. Um, a while ago, you announced um, the Open Metaverse Alliance, OMA3.org. Um, and then uh, Mochaverse sounds extremely um, similar to um, the Open Metaverse Alliance. So is is Mochaverse a branch of the OMA3 Alliance or what will be the difference? So OMA3 is an interoperability consortium and it, you know, it, it doesn't involve necessarily just companies that Animoca is um, involved in, for instance. It is basically anyone who is joining this consortium, which is an open standard. You can think of it almost like a sort of a, a, a sort of an open alliance of anyone who's basically trying to form sort of, you know, I guess um, a sort of uh, interoperability approaches that are sort of free for free for people to choose from. In this case, uh, it's not the same, I would say, because one of them is a standards based body. Uh, whereas the Mochaverse isn't trying to be a standards-based body. It would work with something like OMA3 uh, in collaboration, but it would not actually seek to become a standard in and of itself, right? So what you get, just to clarify, is like, you know, uh, OMA3, for instance, isn't, isn't going to be uh, sort of, a, 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 sort of a, a, a platform where, for instance, you could vote, for instance, on activities that would take place in the Animoca ecosystem or in a portfolio ecosystem or in a governance token system. It wouldn't be involved in any of that type of stuff. It would maybe set the standards in which, you know, basically, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 type of metaverses would, would agree to sort of, you know, create interoperability standards for visual effects, for instance, right? That's, you know, as an example. Uh, likewise, you would not see Mochaverse basically sort of say, well, this is the standard that we're creating for people to sort of, you know, transfer sort of interoperability from one entity to, to another. We think of that as something that the NFT platform itself should have the freedom to choose to do so as they please. And if they want to use the OMA3 standard, that's entirely up to them. Uh, the two are not really, I mean, they, I guess they complement each other, you could say, but they're not interrelated to each other. The people involved, you know, we have, you know, one seat out of, you know, out of many. Um, we don't, uh, we're not even, uh, the chairman, I think is, yeah, the chairman is Dirk from Upland, which is a portfolio, but it's certainly not a subsidiary. You know, they're independent, right? So they get to decide uh, sort of, you know, what they think is right. So it, it is, I think it's to be viewed as quite separate. Perfect. Thank you. Just uh, and that leads in just to the second part of the question. Um, and you 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 kind of segued in by mentioning Dirk from Upland, and that that's uh, one of the metaverses I use. Actually, I use a, a few different metaverses, but uh, sure. Upland, uh, the Upland metaverse is one of is my my kind of my home metaverse as far as where a lot of my assets are located. So do you, um, a company like that, or, you know, how would com companies uh, become a part of the Mochaverse? Obviously, because that's where, um, you know, obviously you want to make sure I want it. I'd like to make sure that my portfolio is, is within um, that atmosphere as well. Um, yes. I mean, it would, because um, in this case, uh, you know, for Upland, Animoca actually is a um, um, was the last lead investor, um, and obviously I'm you know I myself am on the board of Upland, so that would definitely be encompassed in in a manner uh, within within that ecosystem, and you know Upland would be one of the sort of um, recipients, shall we say, of of uh, some of the, these NFTs. Thank you. That's all I had. Appreciate it. 
Thank you. Cool. Should we get awesome? Um, yep. Yeah, I think we have one last question, uh, which we'll uh, pass on to Christopher. Um, hello. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the great talk. I really enjoyed even if uh, even after twelve a.m. in Hong Kong. So um, I'm Christopher. I'm a San fan. Good to see a lot of metaverse builders over here. Uh, holder of the Maestro, and uh, there are a lot of ways to uh, introduce myself. But that's not a good time for today. So um, I like to relate this you know discussion to uh, recent efforts of Enimoka and uh, creator royalties. So I, I think uh, you've been putting a lot of efforts into it. I, I can see that there have been you know. Um, some releases of public uh, templates, agreements, and and things like that that Animoca brands have uh, tried their best to you know protect the creators' royalties, right? Uh, but then now that I assume those uh, transactions of this um, even Mochaverse and if the projects would happen uh, somewhere like OpenSea, hopefully even in the um, secondary market as well, uh, where in each transaction will let the creator make some financial income. And then hopefully, uh, may maybe that's also the same case for Mochaverse NFT. So uh, will the same thing happen to Mochaverse? It would be my first question. And if so, uh, how does Mochaverse plan to reinvest such income for better utilities to the holders? Okay, so first question. So in relation to sort of NFT royalties uh, in itself, uh, Mochaverse will be following basically the license approach that Animoca has put forward uh, in, in public domain that other people can use, uh, which we put out under Creative Commons license. The key distinction, just to be clear about the way that we thought of the NFT licensing approach, which is different from what platforms are doing, which is sort of creating essentially, I guess, block lists, for instance, in terms of, you know, if they don't follow sort of, you know, our NFT sort of, you know, wrapper standard, then, you know, we have the right to block it, which in some ways you could say, is also a way to sort of curb competition, you know, because I think many of the NFT platforms themselves are beginning to roll back into the we will respect royalty rights. Um, but they're obviously trying to create ways in which they can sort of prevent essentially, I think, competitive action, which we don't think is a good thing. Uh, instead, by basically following a legal approach uh, where, you know, trading of that particular NFT encompasses with it basically um, a sort of legal obligation by the platform to pay royalty rights, otherwise it is subject to itself legal liabilities, um, is, a, is a way in which we can ensure that ownership, you know, uh, can, always be, um, can always be respected. The principle being that if there is a way in which a platform can prevent your ownership of an asset to be utilized in one way or the other, then to what extent is it really yours, right? And where does it stop, right? So, so that's why we decided to take a legal approach uh, with the licensing uh, matter rather than a technical approach, which I know that a lot of people in the tech space, obviously, in, 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 especially in Web3, sort of, you know, look at it as, as, as sort of a solution, which we understand, but they can be circumvented, you know, with wrappers and other ways if you really, really wanted to. Um, and at the end of the day, we do believe that we live, you know, uh, <laughs> despite the fact that, you know, the metaverse is obviously a digital plane, we physically still live in a physical world with physical laws that obviously are mechanisms which were designed for good reason. And so we think we can use those to protect it in the same way that, you know, you can protect intellectual property online, you should be able to protect your royalty rights um, online as well. So that's the principle behind that. And, and we hope to sort of develop that and, and obviously create a way in which all the NFT platforms um, will continue to respect that. Now, in terms of the sort of utilities, I think the, the, the as I had mentioned earlier, uh, one of the things that we are um, looking at very specifically 
is ways in which basically, you know, Mochaverse NFT holders ultimately can have some form of governance of a portion of the tokens that Animoca basically has, uh, which is not insubstantial in terms of uh, its sort of voting ability. It's not to say that we will put sort of everything in it. It's rather to say that we want to put a reasonable amount that has sort of a delegated impact into these ecosystems, but not one that is outsized, for instance. It's very important for us that, you know, Mochaverse holders become a voice but don't necessarily become the sort of dominant voice. Otherwise, it again threatens the sort of the framework and the tenets of what we're hoping to achieve here. Um, so that's obviously a balancing act that we need to think about. But that's one way in which, you know, I guess community members can think of uh, sort of as, as a, 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 a sort of a value of service. We are not expecting Mochaverse to be a revenue generating event in and of itself. That's not how it's done, right? Um, it's also not, uh, frankly, for the business that is Animoca going to be meaningful itself. Rather, it is a way to sort of begin the sort of, I guess, the first step of, you know, I guess, decentralized ownership through a stakeholder uh, sort of capitalist concept with, you know, uh, people in the Animoca ecosystem as a starting point and to begin sort of that decentralization, uh, which then eventually would grow into other areas. You know, we, we sustain and create revenues from the activities of our games and from, from you know, NFTs and from our tokens and so on and from the business that we run. Um, so Mochaverse isn't itself going to be revenue generating. However, it has impact in governance. It has rights for access. You can sort of, you know, uh, it, it's like a membership service as well on top of that. Um, and, and, and that's basically sort of, I guess you could think of some of the initial primary utilities and of course, the connecting the network and you know, anything else that you can derive value from Animoca yourself as an organization, the, the Animoca membership of this Mochaverse NFT should be able to provide you some service in the future, given the broad access of our portfolio. But again, you know, this hasn't been done before. Uh, and I think we are one of the very few companies that have such a wide uh, sort of uh, framework of, of portfolios, companies and activities that uh, others could benefit from. So that's, that's part of sort of, um, you know, the, the idea behind it. Right. Okay. Yeah, I definitely agree with what you just said. And I think, I think definitely there are a lot of uncertainties as if this is early stage. And then also this is kind of a new model that you guys are trying. So I'll, I'll definitely look forward to it. Thank you. All right. I think that brings us to the end of our AMA today. I want to give a big, big thank you to everyone who's tuned in with the questions, as well as uh, Yat, you know, for jumping in and, and answering them. So everyone drop hearts in the chat for, for Yat and the team here. Um, yeah, we'll definitely be looking forward to doing more of these chats with Yat, as well as, you know, different um, partners we have in the Animoca Brands ecosystem. So do stay tuned to our Twitter and to, you know, the announcements to, to come. Maybe I'll pass it over to Yad if you have any um, closing words you'd like to give to the group. Um, no, I mean, first of all, thank you everyone for staying up so late. If you're part, if you're in Asia, uh, in the, but uh, if, you're, if you're in other parts of the world, well, thank you for tuning in. Um, you know, um, and appreciate uh, everyone's sort of participation and support in all of this. Obviously, you know, this is we're still early in this, uh, and I think one thing I'll close off in commentary. I know 2022 has been certainly a tumultuous year. And, you know, my general belief is that 2023 will be a much, much stronger year because essentially we've sort of gotten rid, hopefully, of most of the riffraff that basically sort of took place in 2022. And with everything that's happened in our industry, the fact that we're, you know, as an industry, 
are not just sort of uh, sort of around, but actually I see you know projects growing from strength to strength. You know, you know, token prices aside, you know, builder activity is exciting. People are doing stuff. You know, the space is still alive. To me, this is just a a, a sign that actually we are um, sort of you know we are we are still sort of uh, it's still moving very very strongly ahead despite everything that's happening um, in the world. You know, these are all things that could have been considered terminal by any other industry standard. And here we all are. So well done to everyone in the space. And thank you for, for, for believing in the mission uh, of Web3. All right. Thank you very much, Yet. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um, stay tuned. We'll have more announcements to come shortly. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.